Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back again this week to the program and thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for tuning in every week at the same time and we are just so excited about uh, when we travel, being able to meet a lot of our audience and uh, get to know you and find out people are watching. We always appreciate it when you email, you, you email I'm sorry, when you email us, uh, and you could go to our website and easily do that at info at lynnhiles.com and tell us how much you're appreciating it. And of course, it's always a great blessing when you uh, help us financially to be able to uh, take the gospel of the kingdom around the world. Uh, we are teaching from the book of Hebrews in this particular segment, and we, are, uh, we began last week dealing with uh, chapter 2, and we're going to continue to deal with chapter 2 of the book of Hebrews. But if you have missed any of these uh, programs, and you'd like to go back and catch up so that you can see what we did to set the stage for where we're at, as you could go back to anything that we have aired to date on our YouTube page, they are archived there, and you can watch them at your leisure on your smart device, your, uh, your smart TV, your, your, your iPad. Uh, you simply go to YouTube. But the easiest way to do that would be to simply go to lenhouse.com, and there is on our opening page, uh, it looks like a TV screen. If you simply tap that, it will take you straight to our YouTube uh, channel. Subscribe to it, and you'll be uh, you know, notified every time we upload a new program, and we do that every week. Also, we have available to you, at no cost to you at all, uh, an iTunes podcast with the audio portions of this that you can get from iTunes. You can go there and sign up for our podcast or the RSS feed. And again, it's easy to go to my website. There's a direct link from there to those outlets where you can follow us and uh, you can uh, you know, be able to enjoy the word that we're speaking. Uh, you could also friend me on my public profile on Facebook uh, I don't have any more room in my personal page, but on my public profile, and you can follow us on Facebook for announcements and so forth. We're going to come back and again pick this up today. Hebrews, the second chapter, is where we're going to begin uh, uh, today. It says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. For under the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testify and say, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, didst set him over the works of thine hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he hath put all in, under subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, 
and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Now we probably won't get clear down through this uh, in this segment, but I'm going to take my time. Uh, one thing about television that I really appreciate that I don't have whenever I'm traveling is I can keep on teaching until I'm finished. So uh, stay with us because we're going to unpack this book of uh, Hebrews. But when he said, therefore, we ought to give the more, more earnest heed to the things which we've spoken, uh, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a recompense reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now, what I want you to see is that the word spoken by angels was the word that was spoken through, through uh, the hand of angels and through a mediator, Moses, that was the old covenant. And he said, if they, if they did not escape, who received commandment by the hands of angels, he's warning this Hebrews, how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? In other words, there was a great salvation that was being offered to them. And if they rejected the Messiah, uh, it would carry with it some powerful ramifications, some of which included even the destruction of their city and their temple, which in the last segment I showed you was in the mind of the Jewish believer, their heaven and earth, because an old heaven and an old earth was about to pass away. That's not something in the future. <coughs> Excuse me, that's something that took place in the first century. Now let me read this to you from the Message Bible because it kind of confirms what I'm saying here. It says in verse 1, it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. Watch this. If the old message delivered by the angels was valid and nobody got away with anything, do you think we can risk neglecting this latest message? This magnificent salvation. First of all, it was delivered in person by the Master, then accurately passed on to us by those who heard it from Him. All the while, God was validating it with gifts through the Holy Spirit, with all sorts of signs and miracles as He saw fit. God didn't put angels in charge of this business of salvation, this new creation that I talked about in the last week on the program that we're dealing with here. It says, it says in Scripture, what is man and woman that you bother with him? Why take a second look their way? You made them not quite as high as angels, bright with Eden's dawn light. Then you put them in charge of your entire handcrafted world. When God put them in charge of everything, nothing was excluded. But we don't see yet everything under him or under his jurisdiction, but we do see Jesus made not quite as high as the angels, and then through the experience of death, crowned so much higher than the, and any angel, with glory bright with Eden's dawn, and that death by God's grace, He fully experienced death in every person's place. Now what I want you to see is, what's so to me powerfully important about some of this is He said that the first message, what's the first message? The first message was the Old Covenant. I dealt with last week, and I, I, I can't keep going back and getting this, but it is, it's, it's kind of deep but so powerful. He talked about in that last one, he said that, that that system was about to wax old like a garment. It was about to be folded together and it was about to pass away. And in this chapter he talks about, but to which of the angels did he put, uh, you know, to which of the angels did he ever say, you're my son, set at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Or he did not put in subjection he did not put the world to come in subjection to angels. He put it in subjection to the Son. Now the world to come 
is not somewhere thousands of years in our future. In the context of him writing to these Hebrews, he is telling them, your world of biblical Judaism is about to be folded together. It is the old garment that you cannot put a piece of new cloth in. It is the old wineskin that you cannot put the new covenant wine in of the kingdom. Because if you do, it will burst it. Here's the dilemma we're facing today. Because the message of grace and the message of the new covenant and the message of the new creation and the work and the power of Christ as Redeemer, hallelujah, and making all things new is coming on the scene in a huge, powerful fashion. What's happening, man, is that people want to take just a little piece of this new covenant, just a little piece of this grace message, and put it in an old covenant garment. And it doesn't make it better. It makes the rend worse. Or they put this new covenant in an old covenant wineskin in our local churches, and we wonder why we're having problems. I'm telling you, it's a brand new creation. And that old heaven, that old earth, and I showed you last week, and I'll read it to you again from Isaiah 51, uh, Isaiah 51, verse 13 through 16 from the New King James Bible says, And you forget the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he was prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hastens that he may be loosed, that he should not die into the pit and that his bread should not fail. But I am the Lord your God who divided the seas, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. You see, the time of the planting the heavens and the laying the foundation of the earth that is referred to here was performed by God when he divided the sea and gave the law. And said to Zion, Thou art my people. That is, when he took the children of Israel out of Egypt and formed them in the wilderness into a covenant nation, he planted the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth that is brought forth an order or a government. If the destruction of the heaven and earth were to be taken literally in all of the Old Testament passages, it would mean that the heavens and the earth were destroyed a bunch of times. This language is clearly not literal, but figurative and apocalyptic, the same also being true in the New Testament passages where we see a whole lot of stuff where he's talking about a new heaven and a new earth. So when I'm seeing this in Hebrews, he's writing, remember, Hebrews 1. I get excited and get going like a freight train. But in Hebrews 1, he's talking to Hebrews, and he's tell, telling them, listen, that old covenant that was made with you when you crossed the Red Sea, the Red Sea crossing was where God delivered the covenant of Moses by the hand of angels, and that's where he's talking about here in Hebrews. That one was about to fade away, but there was a world that was coming on the scene that he did not put angels in charge of. He put the Son in charge of. And see, all through the Scriptures, even in the Old Covenant, they began to talk about a coming Messiah that would come and that there would be a kingdom that would come and that God would send His Son or that God would send a Messiah that would continue this rescue effort, if you will, this ongoing work of salvation, this making all things new would come through the person of a Son and that there would be certain characteristics that you would find around about Him. And one of the things that would happen is that there would be signs and wonders and divers gifts of the Holy Ghost and that was one of the signs that Messiah had come.
As a matter of fact, one of the things that happened was when Jesus performed a miracle, I'm not exactly sure exactly what miracle it was because I didn't take time to look it up because I wasn't thinking about even saying this, but I believe it was when he uh, was out the house of Zacchaeus and, and uh, he had he'd done some kind of a miracle and the people said that they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. I think the signs and the wonders that Jesus performed not only show us the power of God to heal, that's powerfully there. Jesus is absolutely a healer and the miraculous, the signs, the wonders, and the diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost are simply an ongoing manifestation of this new creation. But even in the hand-picked miracles that Jesus did, they picture to me His heart and intention is to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to make the lame walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear. In other words, it is to restore His creation back to its original intent and back to its new creation status and back to removing the corruption and the death that was on it. And when He begins to talk about that He threw death, destroyed Him that had the power of death, that Jesus, even when He rose from the dead, it was in His death, His burial, and His resurrection that this new creation work was completed. And as we follow Him in His death, His burial, and His resurrection, we are a part of this new creation. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So when the, uh, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews is talking here, and he says he did not put this creation or the world to come. This word world here, I believe, is the Greek word, oik, I, I, I can't pronounce it, but I think it's called oikomain, or uh, it's not the word age. It is, if you will, uh, God was putting in place a brand new covenant, a brand new operation. He was laying, he was bringing about a new heaven and a new earth and a new temple and a new man and a new covenant and new tongues with mercies that are new every morning. And finally, when he gets to the book of Revelation, chapter 21, he said, Behold, I make all things new. In other words, you can see that what he's in the process of doing is removing an old creation and giving birth to a brand new creation. And I've probably quoted it on this program just bunches and bunches of times. But he says, uh, uh, when, when he does that, uh, uh, he says uh, in Revelation 21 in the Message Bible, he says, well, let me say it first from the King James. From King James, he says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. But I love the Message Bible because he says it like this, Look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood. He has made His home with men. God finally brings back together what was in the beginning. What was in the beginning, listen to my last segment, because I really dealt with that. The heavens and the earth were located together in the beginning before the fall. They were located together in a man. And God finally brings it together again in the man Christ Jesus. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And the world that was to come the ordered arrangement, the government, the new covenant, all of that that has ongoing effects, fully delivered in the person of Jesus Christ, but has ongoing effects, is not coming through angels. It came through a son. And because we're sons, we're also heirs. Now let me, let me uh, uh, pull this up again and show to you. 
He said, when God put them in charge of everything, nothing was excluded. But we don't see it yet. We don't see everything under human jurisdiction. But we do see Jesus made not quite as high as angels, and then through experience of death crowned so much higher than any angel, with a glory bright with Eden's dawn's light. In that death, by God's grace, He fully experienced death in every person's place. He redeemed the creation from the power of death, because the sentence in the Garden of Eden was the moment you eat this tree, you will surely die. In dying, you will die. And, uh, but Jesus came to reverse that curse, that the first Adam did what he did through rebellion and disobedience, but the last Adam, through the di- in other words, let me quote it from the Scripture, For the, from the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners, and by the obedience of one, many are made righteous. So one man brought it on the human family through his disobedience, but God has now restored a son who has, through his obedience, reversed all the power of the first curse that was on humanity. And yet you say, well, Brother Hauser, but I, I still see a whole lot of stuff going on in the world. That's what he's saying here in Hebrews 2. We don't yet see all things under his feet. We've not fully seen death conquered I mean, we have in the person of Christ, and it's available to humanity. But there are still things that go on around us in our world. I'm not saying there are not very real problems in our world. What I'm trying to get us to see is that God is not interested in destroying it. He's interested in rescuing it. And He's interested in doing that through the person of His Son. And as we get on down through here, we're going to find out not only in the person of His Son, but as He brings many sons into this same glory, that you and I are part of this ongoing rescue effort, if you will, to bring about salvation and deliver humanity from the bondage of corruption, as Romans 8 so strongly declares that the whole creation is groaning and travailing together for the manifestation of the sons of God. I was recently, you know, when in, the, in the midst of all of that, uh, the up. Uh, evil. I really don't like to talk too much about political events. But in the midst of all of the upheaval that happened not so long ago in Charlottesville with the tragic events of uh, the injustice and uh, uh, the stuff that was going on there, uh, I was sitting uh, on a balcony and the Holy Spirit said to me, can you hear it? And man, the moment I heard the Spirit of the Lord said that to me, then He said it to me again, can you hear it? And man, I sat there a little bit longer, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Can you hear it? And I said, Lord, hear what? He said, The groan of creation. He said, All of the injustice and all of the upheaval, all of the stuff we see going on in our world, even with the storms and the stuff that's going on, that's not an act of God or the wrath of God. Anybody that would think that God would send a hurricane or or some natural and I'm going to stress that, natural disaster. To kill millions of people at random, good and bad, Christian folk as well as heathen, whatever you want to term them, to me is just a a, a sad, sad mistake. And when we put that kind of stuff out there, the world sees our God as something totally different than He really is, and it really misrepresents Him. 
But even in the hurricanes and the storms and the earthquakes and the, the wars and the stuff that's uh, rumors of wars and all of the stuff, the upheavals that are going on around the world, it is creation groaning. It is creation groaning. It's the groan of creation waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God because the ongoing mission of God is to bring about a new creation. And so I think at some point, you see, to me an act of God is not when you see a hurricane or an earthquake or some natural disaster hit. An act of God is when you see the first ones who have boots on the ground you know, end up in Texas or wherever there's catastrophe, and the ones that really make a difference are the people of God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kind of world to come that I'm talking about. The world to come is in the hands of, you know, God said He didn't put it in the hands of angels. He said, what is man that you're mindful of Him? If God put all things, listen, here, here's how He it said, uh, let me read this again. When God put, God put them in charge, talking about Adam and Eve. Well, he's quoting Psalm 8 here, by the way. He's talking about his man in the earth who was blessed to be a blessing, and not only blessed to be a blessing, he was to have dominion and subdue the earth. He was to bring about, I believe, to bring into the earth what was happening and fill the earth with heaven's influence, heaven's resources, heaven's blessings, that's what Jesus came to do when He prayed, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, is to bring heaven's influence, heaven's gifting, and everything Jesus did manifested that kind of, that kind of a, a manifestation. When He healed the sick, He raised the dead. He eased the suffering of the human condition. When the poor were dealt with, that was an ongoing part of the new creation. When, when, when social injustice was dealt with by Jesus, when He confronted this stuff in the first century, when all of that stuff began to take place, that was the first fruits taste of a world that was to come. Now we live in a much better world, I believe, than they did back in those days. Have you ever studied anything about ancient history in the first century and the stuff that was going on there? Our world is getting better than it's ever been, but we have a lot of work to do. But He does it through a man. What I'm after is simply this, is that God always, you can follow this trail and this theme from Adam to Abraham to the children of Israel to the Davidic kingdom of David and to the Messiah finally comes on the scene and when the Messiah comes on the scene, He heals the sick, He raises the dead, He casts out devils, He eases the suffering of the human condition, because if, it, if, if we lost this thing through a man, it has to come back through a man. And when Jesus comes on the scene and begins to do those things, it was a signal to those in the first century that the kingdom of heaven has arrived, and Messiah is now on the scene, and God has begun this new creation project, this making all things new, this recovery project, if you will, this ransoming and salvation project that God had, and it had begun in the person of Jesus Christ. And John the Baptist announces it. He said, repent, change the way you think, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not somewhere thousands of years in your future. It had arrived in the person of Jesus. And the healing the sick, the raising the dead, the signs, the wonders, the divers gifts of the Holy Ghost was saying back to the people, 
there is a man in the earth, hallelujah, who has dominion and authority even over sickness, disease, and death. I'm talking to somebody today. I feel the anointing when I talk about this. Because he's going to tell you in just a few verses down below this, he not only does that to a son, but he calls us his brethren. He calls us sons and daughters. So that we still have the power, even as he gave us power. He gave us, he said, listen, he, you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cast out devils. Freely you receive, freely give. Because he hands that over to us to continue to manifest the kingdom of God has come, the new creation is in the earth, it is an ongoing project, it will increase more and more for the kingdom of God is like leaven that affects the lump until it covers, until the whole thing is affected. It, 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 is, it is as if the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Listen, God's not interested in evacuation. He did not pray, take them out of the world. He prayed to keep us from evil because we are the answers through the Son and His new creation to the rest of humanity. But the signs, the wonders, and the divers gifts of the Holy Ghost was screaming to that first century bunch of Pharisees and scribes and religious people that Messiah has arrived because these in fact and indeed are the signs of Messiah. There were so many scriptures that they should have gotten a hold of, even if they would have read the book of Zechariah. Behold, your king comes to you, riding on a colt and the foal of an ass. If they didn't get that, that was prophesied in Zechariah. It was fulfilled when Jesus came into the city, riding on an ass in the foal of a colt, and they were crying, Hosanna in the highest. The common people knew Messiah had arrived. Everything about, he, prophes he prophesies also in Zechariah. He says to them, they weighed out for me the price which was 30 pieces of silver. That was pre-prophesied before Judas sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. You say, what are you saying, Dr. House? I'm trying to tell you that everything about this, when God confirmed His Word with signs, wonders, and miracles, and divers gifts of the Holy Ghost, was saying to this people, this old garment is about to pass off the scene. This world of Judaism is about to go, but a new world that is in subjection to the Son is about to come on the scene on a grand, incredible style. And from that moment on, the kingdom of God has increased and is increasing exponentially. As a matter of fact, I saw just a few days ago a study, when I was church, studying a book on church history where it talked about there are about uh, one-third of the world's population that are believers in Jesus Christ, maybe more than that, but there was a massive, there are more people on the planet today that are believers in Jesus than ever been before. The answer to injustice, social injustice, all the problems in our world are very simple and they're organic because they don't come because God waves a magic wand. He does it because He puts His people in the middle of it that will walk in righteousness and integrity without prejudice, without hatred, without bigotry, and they'll walk in the light of this kingdom of God. We're out of time, uh, so just take a moment if you can to write us sow a seed into the ministry. It is your faithful support that helps us take the gospel of the kingdom around the world. You know that we don't spend a lot of time trying to raise money, but we do need your help to be able to pay the television bills and the staff that we have to do the things that we do. It is your faithful partnership and your giving that enables us to do that. You can do it by calling that number on the screen, going to our website and giving, or by writing and sending a check to that address on the screen. Thanks for joining us.
I'm very excited to announce the release of my newest book. It is titled, From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. In this book, we talk about how the gospel is not about a law you have to keep. It is about receiving a life that will keep you. It is not about living this life out of fear. It is about living a life of faith. It is not about rules. It's about a relationship with a loving Father. It is about moving from the old covenant government of condemnation to the new covenant government of affirmation. It is about living life as a citizen of the kingdom right now.